0: Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast with Alex Mead. I've invited sales, marketing, and business leaders to discuss their successes, failures, and everything else in between. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And... Today we have a conversation with Joaquin Lippincott. He's the CEO of Metal Toad. And Metal Toad is an uh, AWS managed services and custom development provider, um, among other things. And, you know, the conversation, I've gotten to know their their company uh, over the last, you know, I think during the pandemic. And in my conversations with them, you know, they've really built and kept this company culture and, while remote. And I wanted to have this conversation and and really understand their secret and how they did that because we all were thrust into this situation uh, of working remote, working from home, uh, you know, how we deal with that, both as owners of companies, of, of managers, you know, of employees, you know, and, and everything and in between. And, you know, they they decided to transition to remote uh, in 2019, before the pandemic, and I you know, wanted to kind of hear their secrets because of talking to different employees, they seem to have something figured out. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Joaquin. All right, welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. My name is Alex Mead. And this week, we have a guest, uh, Joaquin Lippincott from Metal Toad, where he is the CEO and founder. And you know, I met Joaquin um, Actually, I think I had a sales outreach that he was nice enough to respond to uh, in the middle of the pandemic and gave me a little slice of hope. But uh, Joaquin, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hey, Alex, it's good to be here. Um, yeah, no, I, I still referenced that that outreach you did. So uh, happy to talk about it. We call it the uh, Topo Chico email uh, internally at Metal. Well, good.
0: Uh, t- just happened to be Topo Chico is one of my favorite sparkling waters. So it was an easy, that uh, was an easy connection for me. Um, but the reason why, you know, I wanted Let's to invite answer. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I should reach Chico out. To right you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have, you can get cases on sale at Sprouts. <laughs> for those of you that have Sprouts nearby. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to have you on because, you know, something obviously that has been a big topic since kind of the pandemic has changed business and in, in the sense that it's changed how we work and where we work and what companies and managers and bosses and CEOs and leaders have to do to keep certain things alive, uh, like company culture. And, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you because of your experience at Metaltoad. Toad. And, um, you know, for the my understanding, Metal Toad went fully remote. Was it was it two years ago, three years ago?
1: It was in 2019, although the the seeds of that uh were were quite a bit earlier. So it was about a two-year process for us.
0: Yeah. So actually tell me about that. So you knew so it was a two-year process. I mean, not obviously a lot of companies didn't have more than uh, you know. 20 minutes to plan for their new work life at home during the pandemic. But talk talk to me like the the two year seeds and like a transition that you, that you took, I'm curious to know like what steps you took and like what we can take from that. You know, how can, can businesses take away from those, those ideas?
1: Yeah, so uh, one, I don't, I don't think it needs to be a two-year process. It was a two-year process for us because we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> and, and so a lot of trial and error. Um, so the, the important piece, I think, first sort of transition to make when you're thinking about going to remote, or if you have gone to remote, um, I think it's important to get away from the, the butts and seats metric. That is, if there's a butt in the seat, then probably there's work being done. And if that uh, is essentially the extent of how, you know, you, you know, whether your business is, is working or not, you don't have a really good sense of if your business is working or not, because just because somebody's sitting at a desk doesn't mean they're being productive or, or doing effective work. And so first, you got to think about, okay, well, what, what are we actually doing? What do we want people to do? And, you know, as a, as a small business owner, that's a, that's a tough transition to make. Uh, You know, I went through it myself, you know, but, but at the end of the day for anybody who's, who's managing an operation really shouldn't matter if people are sitting at their desk for 50 hours a week or playing foosball for 50 hours a week, as long as the work that is required is actually getting done. If you uh, got people playing foosball, you probably have some challenges with utilization. Um, But you know, it's, it's really all about the work and Having people, you know, sitting at their desks when there's nothing to do um, really doesn't do a whole lot. Um, So that's the first part of the transition. The the next part um, that I think is really important and actually is a hurdle that people with the pandemic didn't have to worry about is you're not all out of the office. It's really difficult to create a culture that is friendly to people who are out of the office. So we tried it for many years. You know, We had some people who had moved and, and we said, yeah, okay, you can work remotely. But the trouble was the meetings always happened at our headquarters in Portland, Oregon, and people needed to dial in for those. And we might not actually start up the, the Zoom or Zoom equivalent at the time. And so when the meeting happens in a geographic location and, you know, we're not thinking about how do we get the audio to everybody? Can everybody see, you know, can we, can we make eye contact? Is, is it, you know, are, are we enabling uh, communication? And then it often gets overlooked. And so it wasn't until I moved down to Los Angeles um, and therefore the meetings had to happen in a virtual space that they actually did happen in a virtual space. And, and once I was out of the office, um, that facilitated the transition to really allowing everybody to be out of the office.
0: Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, I feel like that's actually maybe more relevant than having companies work fully remote now, because
1: mm-hmm. I think a
0: lot of companies are starting to plan that how do we come back? Um, yeah. You know, we've we we as an agency have been been talking about that every few months. Is how do we at some point? Our dream was always to have an in person office. That's yeah. what we wanted, and we know that's not practical for everybody. Now we have a remote employees, you know, in different parts of the of California. And what do we? How do you create this office and culture and working relationship where you're half in person, half not? Um, and that's, that's interesting. So it was really, we've all been on meetings where we're either the person on the conference line or in the meeting where someone else was. And it's never yeah. the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that eye contact, uh, you know, how we speak, the words we say is only a fraction of really how we communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you're not the one in the room, it's really hard to catch the nuances, catch the language, catch how it's actually being said versus what is said.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think also mentally it's important for for anybody who wants to support a remote workforce to really think about it from a, we are a remote first workforce. And if you're remote first, uh, then people in an office actually still need to dial into the meeting because the meeting is happening online um and everybody can and should dial in i mean there's there's simple things like you know showing up early uh the best way to get people to 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 start on time is to literally just start on time and no matter who is gone if it's if i'm late if anybody else is late they miss that you know the meeting yeah. starts. we don't wait ever because the meeting starts at the appointed time in a virtual space yeah and I think you know that there there are some good habits um, to to encourage there. You know when when we moved down to when I moved down to Los Angeles, it started as a remote first workforce for Los Angeles because we had an office in Century City, and you know the geography of LA is as you know super spread out, and so I hired somebody who was in uh, Redondo Beach and. You know, he was like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not do that commute. So I said, great, you can work from home. I heard somebody in Pasadena who's like was an hour away, you know, each yeah. way said, hey, hey, I'd like to love to work from home. And by the time I had sort of gotten all the, the people in L.A. that I was planning to, I was h- hiring four people down here. Nobody was coming into the office to sec me. So I said to the Portland workforce, I said, hey, um, we're, we're going to do remote first in, in Los Angeles. And they said, well, can we do, uh, you know, an remote <laughs> And I was like, yeah, sure, if you want to. And I didn't think anybody was going to take them up on it because people loved our office. It was a beautiful office in downtown with, you know, hardwood and, you know, foosball table. And, you know, we had kombucha on tap. We had beer on tap. We had refrigerators that were stocked. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we had room for about 80 people and you know, about 50 people at the time and when the dust settled, four people were going into this massive office. And so it was really, you know, people voted with their feet wow. about what sort of lifestyle, and what sort of work situation yeah. they wanted.
0: Wow. So how, when you went remote first in LA and it kind of became obvious that it was going to be a remote first in Portland where your headquarters are, mm-hmm. uh, obviously you built this amazing space. You had places for people to gather, brainstorm, talk, uh, you know, things that people normally think about when they think of culture and, and happiness to work there. How did you translate that into this remote first world? I mean, it's maybe like, how, you know, what, what was the conscious effort and decisions made to keep what you built as strong as it was remote as it was in person?
1: Well, so I, I think it's important, you know, um, a bunch of things, right? I think um, connecting with people visually is super important. You know, we have a, a, a company culture. I don't think it's official, but everybody turns on their camera, right? There there are no lurkers in terms of um, when you show up and you're present, it's important to actually be present as much as you can be. So that that's an important dimension. It, it can feel a little... Um, touchy-feely, or maybe is it not important or it's not, um, but you know, by and large, we always turn on the camera. Um, another really, really important piece is making sure that you've got the right meeting cadence, and I think that's important. You can get by without it if you're in the office because things will sort of happen organically, but we have a, a weekly cadence where we have weekly meetings on Monday. We start at uh, 9 a.m. There's a share out. You know, it's company-wide share out for me. Uh, and then we move into a sales and marketing meeting. After that, we have a production meeting. After that, we have a finance and accounting meeting. And it takes us really all the way through 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And we, we just recently changed it. So they're not literally back to back and there's yeah. a 15 minute break. So they're 45 minute uh, increments. Uh, and then we give that 15 minutes to sort of, I mean, use the restroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, we're catch up on email, whatever you need to do, get some coffee. And then the other thing is everybody has a stand up that they attend. If they're in, you know, the production team, if they're, you know, working on a project or if they're in sales and marketing, whatever operations, they have a meeting and all of those meetings occur at nine o'clock. They're 15 minutes long. And then right after that um, at 930, again, with that 15 minute uh, break or grace period, we will then move into a management meeting where it's managers only people uh, who are cross teams then come together and are able to connect. So we're really no more than, you know, 24 hours from knowing about anything that's a blocker. And that's, that's super, super important. um, Especially when it comes to getting time for emergencies or the attention of the CEO or the CTO or or anybody else. Um, We, and, and, when you're growing a company organically you get to a place uh which is just calendar death right it's calendar lockdown where you want to try and get all the leaders together at the company and you can go six months 12 months three years out and you turn everybody's calendar on and literally there's no space (laughs) where you can put an ad hoc meeting and that that one a lot of those ad hoc meetings are there because they need that cross communication, but having that sort of, you know, vertically stacked, you know, that deep meeting weekly, that really thin meeting daily. And then we also have uh, once per month, we'll do a more robust reporting and, uh, and we'll also do, um, you know, in, an all day management meeting yeah. uh, instead of the weekly that allows us to dive deep and, and really be cross-functional and, and address things. But you only have twelve of those, you know, per year, right? And yeah. you think about it, you only have fifty-two of the, the weekly meetings per year. Um, it's not a ton.
0: Yeah, when you when you break it out, I think that cadence and that scheduling and keeping it consistent is important because uh, things happen at home. You know, you see a bunch of dishes you forgot to do, and you, it's easy to start at different times. But I mean, you, your mm-hmm. philosophy of getting it done um, when you get it done. You know, as long as the work's getting done. But those mm-hmm. meetings, I think we've we've also found those very important. Um, I think something you said of like giving people time to do whatever they needed to in between, because mm-hmm. there's certainly a Zoom calls, Zoom meetings are certainly uh, can be tiring, can be exhausting, and if you have too mm-hmm. many back to back, you know, if you're wearing headphones, your ears start to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, feel it a little bit and, you know, we're in in a meeting, there's not always eyes on you. And when Mm -hmm. you're on these Zoom calls, you feel like there's always someone looking at you. So you always got to be, you know, on as as some say. So I think that's important, that break. And that's something that's even going further outside the workplace and going into meeting like um, uh, virtual events is starting Mm -hmm. to plan out, hey, here's a session where you just need to listen to here, just turn off your, your, your video and go for a walk or like mm-hmm. put on some headphones. Here's a recorded episode. Just go outside, sit outside and watch it or something to, to break up this monotony of always staring at our, at our cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something, what is like, what is something you've learned through this process of bringing your agency, your company to fully remote? Like what's something you, you kind of, after the fact, have that light bulb went off, it's like, oh maybe we should have done it this way, or maybe we shouldn't have done it this way, you know, some some things in that aspect.
1: You know, that, that, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think what's interesting, um, you know, now that we're in it, I think we we have this massive experiment where we sort of, uh, went through and, and forced everybody to work from home. Right. So we skipped that sort of middle step that we struggled with for a long time, which is how do you put your pants halfway on, right? <laughs> how do you be half remote? Um, I think the the pandemic and also just the, the urgency around it and, you know, a lot of what felt, you know, just crazy free fall, you know, um, we really didn't know how this year was going to end. And everything got turned on its head. All of our plans were yeah. at conferences. Everything else was, you know, totally pivoted. We got to a place where, um, you know, I realized with my calendar that literally it was back to back to back to back to back to back to back meetings. Um, you know, jokingly, I call them Charlie's Angels meetings because they're back to back. Doing <laughs> a little, a little um, finger guns here for, for Alex. Um, hopefully there's some listeners that are old enough to know the Charlie's Angels.
0: But- I feel like we made them enough that everybody should know.
1: Yeah. Great. Um, you know, uh, who, whoever the, the latest round of Charlie's before. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what's important, um, is, you know, we're also coexisting with our families. Um, you know, that's certainly true for me. You know, I have two kids and, you know, they're fortunately older, but you know, it's my wife and my kids and we're all sort of cohabitating. Yeah. And it was really because of that you know because i had family members who were around like saying hey you're literally always on the phone that i i had this aha moment and i said okay well i used to have these sections of time called yeah. commuting right where it would be like you know i would block off half hour or an hour to get there and back and that was sort of a natural buffer, or I could take a call, or I could do whatever, decompress, listen to a podcast, whatever, right? Oh, yeah. Go for a walk. Yeah. Um, but those were all gone, and so we were on this just absolute death march. And yeah. you know, people were excusing themselves or saying they would need to be five minutes late to the next meeting because they needed to use the bathroom, and that's just you know <laughs> that. to your point, right? You, you, you can't, you can't virtually attend a meeting or maybe you can from the bathroom. You know, it's like anything you can do in uh, an hour, you can get done in 45 minutes. Right. And anything you can do in half hour, you can probably get done in 25 or 20. Yeah. Um, And so I think not only starting the meetings on time, but ending the meetings early or scheduling them. So there is a yeah. time for is incredibly important. Um, especially yeah. when you're doing it to yourself When you're, when you're setting yourself up for this, you know, uh, give yourself a break.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you, I think you kind of hit it there. Um, something else you said is you started, you started to notice your odd back to back to back and i I felt the same where if I wasn't doing sales calls, we had meetings people would you know everyone can see everyone's calendar at our and our company and can schedule a meeting if there's free time, and mm-hmm. I learned that I really have to block out time yeah. on my calendar for things that I need to get done that aren't necessarily in my calendar you know yeah. uh, as a sales you know salesperson, I have a certain amount of outreach I want to do every day, and if I have too many meetings that that's just not you know, it's just not going to happen. There's just not enough time in the day for everything. And so I yeah. think with the remote work, because we, you know, we can be available mm-hmm. at just about any time, like I'm not, unless I have something to just, in a pandemic, I have nowhere to go. Um, You know, I think, <laughs> I think, I think we, we may ask our employees too often or, or as managers, just imagine we know we're all sitting here. And so that mm-hmm. means you're always available. Um yeah. And I think, I think we well, have And there's to be- also
1: a certain amount of of uh you know look how crazy my calendar is yeah. right that, that sort of sick you know executive yeah. show off <laughs> like oh you think you're booked look at me I'm, <laughs> I'm working 60 hours a week and yeah. you know I'm working in Europe fan Asia at the same time yeah. um, you know and and I think that you know we if you stop and and you reflect and say okay really yes, you know, my time is important and people need my time, but also uh, it's important that you just prioritize things yeah. and make that space because also anybody who's running a company is really setting the company culture uh, that everybody else has to live by. You're, you're setting the target. If your calendar is just like crazy, the expectation as it, as it sort of moves down the chain is that everybody's calendar should be crazy or they're not, they're not cutting muster. It was, um, already a thing before, but the lack of any time required to get from meeting to meeting means you could literally just spin around in your chair and just shifted contacts and and guess what? You didn't have time to get water. Yeah. Breathe or anything.
0: Yeah. Here. how How about, how do you guys handle this? Um, Something that that has to be not only with the pandemic, but with the nature of the dramatic shift, everything going on. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like people are working more than they were before the pandemic because yeah. they are at home. And what else are we going to do? Um, yeah. What about your employee uh, well-being, mental health uh, check-ins? How you know since you're not physically seeing them every day. Um, yeah you know, which oftentimes can, you can, signs, you know, appear. How are you handling that now that you are a fully remote agency?
1: Okay. So one, um, I think it's really important to have a a strong managerial, uh, philosophy and structure. I highly, highly, highly recommend manager tools. It's, um, that's a, a, a program system. They have a podcast, um, and they have a a website you can subscribe to, they have a whole philosophy. One of the things that is absolutely critical, it's part of what they call their Trinity, is one-on-ones. And they've they've done all sorts of research and collected all kinds of data. Do you have a weekly one-on-one that is half an hour, 15 minutes too short, hours too long, unless you're talking about maybe two executives that need to sync up, Um, but it's critically important that, that everybody has a manager and that that manager is meeting with their people weekly in a one-on-one um, you know, for half an hour. And that, that should be dual purpose. It, it can be a place where you, know, you can ask about anything, but also mental health check-ins are really, really important. Um, I, I think that's really important because you know, we don't know uh, at this point Hey, you got to go home, right? Right. You know, right. you're 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 burning the midnight oil. We just don't know it um, at this point, point. and so it's really important that we have those conversations. Um, I think it's also uh, important, again, to to do some modeling in terms of what do you do. And I, I've struggled with that. You know, what do yeah. I do? I I like my job, and so you know, on the weekend, why not? Yeah. Right. Open up the laptop and my computer's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Honestly, for me, uh, and I think everybody needs to 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 figure it out for themselves. It's been a combination of you know one making time for you know uh, exercise and health, sort of just saying hey that's a thing I'm going to do, and then owning the calendar uh, and ideally making some space for you know a hobby. I, I've rediscovered Dungeons and Dragons, which you know I'm doing with my kids. And I, I, I gotta say, it's not a challenge for me to put my computer down anymore because I've, <laughs> uh, I've rediscovered Dungeons and Dragons with some a more significant income than I had when I was a teenager. So I'm, I'm just spending all <laughs> kinds of money on Dungeons <laughs> and books, I got miniatures. I've got like more dice than I'll ever be able to roll. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got a dice case uh, I I had my and then Christmas was fun too because I was like, hey kids, I I love this gaming mat. I had this gaming mat. I'll have to send you a a photo of it. it's this toad uh, with an axe. No, it's a, a a squirrel with an axe wearing armor sitting on a toad. That's sort of like a battle mount. Um, it's it's totally awesome. Anyway, uh, podcasts, great great uh, as well. I I picked up a couple um, non-work related podcasts and non-news related podcasts, which I think is also, uh, super important.
0: Yeah. Is that, uh, do you, is there anything you guys do to recommend these types of things? Like obviously you have found hobbies, you have, you know, to take the time. And I know you mentioned the philosophy of, you know, leadership t- sets the tone. And mm-hmm. I'm sure on the one-on-ones or other areas, you probably discussed or mentioned some of these fun hobbies or things. Uh, but is there anything like company-wide that you guys, you can't force people to listen to podcasts or to find new hobbies, but uh, is there any ways you, you encourage these things?
1: Yeah. I mean, when, when you get together on a daily basis, I think that there is, uh, you know, of course, the, the purpose is, you know, getting work done, but a huge part of getting work done and working effectively is is trusting the people that are around you, and so I think, you know, I, we we do small talk, right, as a as a part of trust building, as a part of you know, building that social uh, uh, fabric, and that that social fabric, it's not superfluous. It's important because if you don't have those conversations, you're not going to trust the people that you that you really do need to trust to, to get the job done. And so I, I'd say, you know, have small talk and then the way to transition into work, we have, um, and, and this is also, I think, really important. You, you need to have metrics that you're looking at. So a dashboard, which is sort of orient around, we have a sales dashboard, we have production dashboards, we have Uh, a marketing dashboard. And so when the small talk, you know, has gone far enough, you know, whoever's driving the meeting, you know, maybe it's gone five minutes, the screen will literally change because there's a dashboard that's going up. And that's a really organic way to just say, okay, cool. Let's talk about business. And then we go through, we look at the the numbers, identify anything that's outliers. And then we go into what's up for you in your next 24 hours. And that, you know, we go around and everybody, yeah. in, and that also creates a space. Everybody talks in the meeting. Um, yeah. you, what's up with you in your next 24? Um, and you don't want, and, and, and you also want to identify, and I have this blocker. So I need to talk to, to Paul or to Bob or, you know, to Joan or whoever it is to actually get my work done. Right. Um, and you, you want to be careful as a manager. You're not going through too many meetings where somebody's saying, I don't have any blockers. That's just not reality, right? <laughs> there,
0: yeah, this yeah. could
1: be something
0: off Joaquin, this has been great. Um, uh, I don't wanna I think we could probably talk for another uh two hours on this because uh, I I think this is something that's always that's gonna be evolving as we all navigate what is the new normal. I don't think we're going back to 50-person offices, 30-person offices. I think there's always going to be some sort of hybrid moving forward. Um, yeah. And so I think this is a, going to be an ongoing discussion. So I want to thank you for the time.
1: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm super glad you sent the Topo Chico
0: email. Me too. And hi, yeah, I am too. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Joaquin. You're very welcome. Thank you, Alex. hope you enjoyed that conversation uh, with Joaquin and learned a few things and and took away uh, some good valuable insight into you know what it really takes to build company culture while being remote. And one of the things that I kind of a few things that I took away is as as managers, as owners, as uh, leaders. Getting away from the butts and seats metric. I mean, I think that is started to slowly go away as we've gone remote, but the idea that you see someone in the office to know they're working, you, they have to be there. You have to see them to confirm the work they're doing. And that's really just not the case anymore. And, and once you get away from that metric, it's a lot easier to understand that people can be just as productive, if not more in the environments they want to be. Uh, you know, the other, the other takeaway is kind of having this, this, Something that I struggle with, as you know, as a as a manager and leader, is keeping in that const in that contact you have with your employees or your coworkers because you don't see them at the water cooler. You know the 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 conversations you have in passing, the conversations on your way to the parking lot or way back, you know, into the office, and really having these cadence uh, of meetings where there is time to small talk. There is still time to see you know, get to know your employees, get to know your coworkers. How were they? How are they doing? What was the weekend? And not just superficial, but really try to keep that up. I want to thank Joaquin and his team again for being so open and, and having this great conversation. And I hope to see you next week. Thanks for listening to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast hosted by me, Alex Mead. The B2B Growth Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Beacons Point. Beacons Point is a growth marketing agency that creates a video-first content approach to attract the right customer and deliver the message at the right time. Find out more at beaconspoint.com. This week's episode is produced by Summer Myers. Thanks for listening. See you next time.